Hi there and welcome to episode 155 of the ADHD oh, Adults oh. Podcast. Depends which script you're reading. If it's this one, it's the wrong number. Four, is it four? Is it actually four? four Fucking hell. <gasps> You've just got the wrong script up, that's all. Now I've got the right script up. No, you but haven't. I've got the wrong Crazy. number. I, oh. oh, okay. You can't see what I'm reading. Can you see what I'm reading? No. Anyway, no, we... worst start ever. I'm James Brown, the man who is about as sexual as a... Do they give uh, Emmys for podcasts? Just not this one. I'm James Brown, the man who is about as sexual as a frightened tree, and I'm joined by Dr. Alex Connor, the man who got very scared when he saw the title of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and Mrs. ADHD, who has romantic feelings for some of her teddy bears. Alex, hi. Hide me from having to listen to the pair of you and your open and brave personal sexuality reflections. I am fucking dreading this. Good. And Sam, hi. Hello. Petrified trees. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. I know. (laughs) Sorry. Hi. How are you both? Mrs. ADHD first. I'm all right. I'm a bit tired. I didn't sleep very well. How are you? No. Um, and uh, Alex. <laughs> I got cold. But I am excellent. Thank you, James. And hello, Sam. Good. Yeah, the numbers in turn got in touch, tell me that we are over some arbitrarily high threshold of Spotify numbers. It was 12,000 or something. I don't know. Imagine choosing to subscribe at this point, though. <laughs> that is, you've, you've over years, you've developed some lowered expectations. But it makes me think, what are the other podcasts doing? Just sort of into the microphone, can't be. <laughs> One of whom has sent us a letter, uh, listeners on no. podcasters. No, no, they have. It's no. from a. I'm just going to check who it's from. It annoys him so much. If you're wondering why I do it, it's from a Robert from Kidderminster, James. It says. Oh. Yeah, it says I listened to your episode on emotional intelligence and thought I should point out that EQ is exactly the noise James makes when he does his tiny little baby sneezes. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. A bit odd, that one, I thought. I like I, that's the noise I make. It is. I am uh, happy to say I inherited from Robert from Kidderman's an elephantine <laughs> sneeze that's very, very loud and powerful. I should add. I can imagine. It didn't go away when you when you were sired by your Dracula. I didn't know. The Dracula sneeze. I don't know. That's a different episode. ADHD and the Dracula sneeze. We're running out of ideas is what I'm saying. We've had a real letter. Can I read it out? Yeah. It says, it's from random FB guy. It says, hi, you silly sausages. Just listening to episode 130, or is it 129? Who knows? I'm not going to count. And James said he'd received a negative message. I'm sure you were inundated with responses, uh, which means lots of, for your information, James, inundated. <laughs> actually, random FB guys actually done that, and I really respect it. And not wanting to miss out on a pointless band wagon, I wanted to add my voice to the inane cacophony. I'm not going to explain that, James. That is your fandom. When that RSD kicks in, Mr. James, remember that you're one of the most important people in the ears of many, probably. At least they like you enough to have your voice push their own constant rant of internal loathing. (laughs) That's why I listen to you all anyway. I wish I could say it was for something more like realistic advice or scientifically backed information. I really wish I could. (laughs) Keep up the work. (laughs) 
I love that sentence. <laughs> Keep up the work. The work. My self-loathing needs the battering. Thank you from the bottom of my shallow heart, random FB guy. That's lovely. That's brilliant. I, Thank the you. funny thing is, obviously, I can't remember. The one beauty of ADHD is the day after somebody's yeah. called me a dick or a cock or an evil, mean bastard. I forget. Yeah. But it's interesting that I can't remember anyone around episode 130 doing it. They did it a couple of episodes ago, so it's obviously something that repeats it's itself every so often. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. I mean, with the amount of, of, I know, the, the, the numbers, the metric guy gives us are large, and so we get an incredible amount of contact and so beautiful and wonderful. But the fucking RSD, one bad one, and then yeah. it breaks us. It breaks mm. us. Yeah. Anyway, as usual, this Vauxhall Corsa one litre engine driver with a massive exhaust fitter who thinks they're, I don't know, cool, of a podcast is a tragedy in three parts. We choose a theme. Last time we did ADHD and emotional intelligence. Mm, we did. Ding. And this week we're all awkwardly, ham fistedly covering ADHD and sexuality. Thanks to the several people who asked for this topic to be covered who I'm not going to name because I can't remember their names. The three parts, as usual, include the soldier boy of evidence, Alex the Psycho Education Monkey, talking Hello. about the theme, our personal reflections on workplace discrimination, and then we'll be giving some tips willy-nilly. There's something in there, I'm sure, at the end. Ding. So, ah, <laughs> oh, Alex, I can, I can not only smell it, but I can see the fear in your <laughs> eyes. Tell us about ADHD and sexuality. There were so many dings in that last one. It was almost a dong. Right. It's probably best to start then by saying ADHD and sexuality is not the title of my sex tape, as much as James desperately wants it to be. <laughs> and it's worth re-re-re-re-reiterating that there are massive big holes Ding. in the research into ADHD. Um, and just the term sexuality and sexual preference and kinks, etc., beyond what is looked at in the ADHD mm. classic young white men type thing. And even what those terms have, mean is, have, is variable. You've start you've started oh, yeah. with ADHD. You've start you've literally started with ADHD. Bab, I'm surprised you've even noticed. Um your sexuality, James, is the way you describe sexual, <laughs> emotional and physical feelings or attractions you have towards another person or people. And so is everybody else's. You may be attracted to people of the same gender or a different gender, no specific gender, or you might not experience sexual attraction at all. If you look at the general population, not ADHD James, so you can bang on about it afterwards, <laughs> bub. In the UK, in 2021 at least, around nine out of ten people are in the UK above or 16 and over, said they were straight or heterosexual. They identified as heterosexual or straight. And that was a lot lower than the 95% four years earlier. About three and a bit, three and a third percent of the UK population, 16 years and over, identified as lesbian, gay or bisexual. An increase as well from 2.1% in 2017. And this was based on the national census. So the classifications are their phrasing. They're not ours. And that data is limited by only offering the following options. This is classic <laughs> government bullshit. Straight or heterosexual. Gay or lesbian. 
bisexual and the fantastically vague other sexual orientation. <laughs> we'll wait. Uh, ooh, wow. we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. Oh, um, have, well, that's not right. Haven't we done sex before? No, nice. it wasn't on yeah. that one. <laughs> oh, Back. sorry. Haven't we done sex before? I can see What, you haven't. and me? <laughs> no, we bloody haven't. I, I, I probably have remembered, but then maybe I wouldn't. Um, I, I, I have a substance use disorder. That's not a, that's not a joking matter. Um, excellent question, Sam. Perfectly delivered, as always. James, listen and learn. <laughs> um, so ages ago, we did an episode on ADHD and, and sex, and we talked about ADHD is associated. It doesn't have to be with relationship dissatisfaction, risky sexual behaviours and subsequent outcomes, sexual dysfunctions, a typical sexual condition such as hypersexuality and paraphilia. But that was about sex and not sexuality, which is obviously slightly different. Um, research shown that ADHD adults report more sexual interest. On average, you don't have to higher masturbation frequency, lower sexual satisfaction compared with people without ADHD. Most studies into sexual behaviour of people with ADHD have focused on men. And this seems to be um, <laughs> typical of ADHD research. And, and both, when you look at data that's there, thanks, Jane, both males and females <laughs> with ADHD have been found to engage in risky sexual behaviour that carries an increased risk of developing infection, sexually transmitted infections. Also, both males and females, when you look at the research, have less satisfaction with their sex lives and have greater sexual dysfunction. But that research is pretty crap, pretty poorly designed, like that script bit was, and not mm -hmm. representative intersectionally. We'll wait again. Sam. Oh, yeah. God, sorry. We, I mean, I just, you just found the script then and couldn't work out why you were reading out different things. What about sexual... It... <laughs> Sexual orientation, though. It's absolutely so <laughs> I I like it. I really. I'm actually going to watch this on YouTube because I like your face of like, oh no, I was I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> right. So th this is the thing, isn't it? So if if you if you do sex or if you choose not to do sex, it, that is a, not necessarily the same thing as your sexual orientation. How you describe and identify is the only thing that matters. And when they ask people, they either ask mainly men or straight white women. And, and mm. this is kind of a big problem with intersectionality in research in general, not just ADHD, but seriously with ADHD. So pretty recent research, a study published last year was based on an anonymous poll. Is that a ding? I ding. <laughs> Which isn't the best research design because of metacognition issues and lying and all sorts, but we don't have much to play with, James. Ding. Definitely yeah. ding. ADHD adults, regardless of uh, gender, had significantly higher preference for same-sex or either-sex partners. High rates of electronic sexual exchanges I believe the kids call it sexting, James. Is that a thing, sexting? Um, high rates of masturbation, higher rates of sexually transmitted diseases, more adventurous sexual interests, more adventurous sexual practices. Boring list clacks on, but actually not boring because I keep saying sex. And substantially <laughs> less satisfaction with, with their partners, both sexually and in general. 
you know, probably not a, a, a surprise that we get bored easily mm. in general, and it's easy to, to fall into that trap. We also have self-loathing, and that's a, uh, connected to satisfaction. Within this study, remember, still not the best study, but we need to fund more research. Some interesting and significant sexual differences emerged. Females had younger onset of sexual activities, used contraception less frequently than the non-ADHD uh, females. More sexual partners practiced more infidelity. Sexual interests also differed between the sexes, but females more commonly acted on them, whereas males did not. Mm. Is there out else, or is that it? Can you just be a bit patient sometimes? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> All you have to do is just, oh, Jesus Christ. Patience, James. Another anonymous survey of ADHD. Adults reported more hypersexual behaviours than non-ADHD individuals. When they looked in this uh, study at risky sexual behaviours or sexual dysfunctions, they did not find a difference between people with ADHD and without. This disagrees with generally the previous research, but that is research for you, right? That's what we do here. We talk about all the different uh, opposite thoughts. In the study, when they looked at women with ADHD, hypersexual behaviors, sexual risk-taking, sexual dysfunctions were pretty closely related to how, how high the symptoms of emotional dysregulation were and impulsivity and oppositional symptoms, which sometimes go with ADHD. In men with ADHD, the associations between ADHD symptoms and sexuality-related measures were less clear. There was less of a, a, a clear link between what was causing it or what was increased with it. However, signs of emotional dysregulation probably are relevant as well. So in general, yeah, we have, <clears throat> we're have we more likely to identify as, as something other than straight and identify with sexuality, which is different from... Vanilla, James? <laughs> okay, there's a lot to unpack there, I think, in personal reflections, and I'm looking forward to that. I know, well, I was thinking, I was trying to, I had very little time to think about that was a well-delivered package, Al, and we'll unpack <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And I wish I'd said that now, obviously, because it was better, but we'll have a break, and I cannot, I can't tell you how excited I am about Alex's personal reflections. Because right now his toes are curling, his heart's probably beating at about 120 beats per minute. This is just going to be glorious. We'll see. At least I've got one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Alex, hi. Hi. What's up? Hello, Governor. Jesus already. Excellente. Okay. Coming back in three, oh. two. Can I do a wait, wait, wait? What? I needed a drink. I to go. Bloody All hell. right. Well, fucking do it. You can have a drink while we're recording, you know. 
unique New York. I just think it's wildly unprofessional. (laughs) Welcome back to the ADHD Adults Podcast. This is episode 154, where we're talking about ADHD and sexuality. These are our personal reflections on ADHD and sexuality. James, go. Oh, God, that was amazing. If you'd have been there, well, been there, been listening just before (laughs) Sam started... Okay. I think you've got to include that little snippet in, James. When, I, I, I will, when the editing I guy edits, which means now, which means now, the whole bit of me saying you should have listened to it before is completely pointless because they will have. Um, right. So this, this as a subject, obviously, we have people that ask us for topics, and sometimes I do read that document and try and squeeze them in when I'm writing some of the script. Uh, when the script intern mm-hmm. writes some of the scripts, yes, do squeeze it in. But this really stemmed from quite a few people at talks who don't identify as heteronormative saying, I'm, I'm interested in this, or I work for a charity or a volunteer organization that works um, <clears throat> with people in the LGBTQ plus community, et cetera. And, you know, can you do an episode? Is there any research? So I had a look and was just fucking astonished at how little research they, there is. Now, anecdotally, which is obviously not even evidence, but it's what a lot of people seem to think is evidence. Just from the little talks, for example, it's very clear that there is a high proportion of people who attend those talks who would probably not identify as heterosexual. And many of the people I know in the community report that many of their friends who are neurodivergent also do not have a heteronormative um, sexual preference. So I, I thought it was fantastic. Look for research and just there's just fuck all apart from those two anonymous studies. And one of them isn't really even, you know, sexual preference. About myself, I grew up in a um in the 16th century, obviously, when yeah. um, you know, it, <laughs> it was very no, I grew up in a, an environment of toxic masculinity of the I can remember the two uh, boys in my year at high school who it did turn out were homosexual and were bullied mercilessly for not coming across as being a lad. And therefore, I imagine there were plenty more people in that year who would have hidden their... Is that Daisy? <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Someone once complained about yeah. Daisy, for God's sake. People complain about Riddick. This isn't a good podcast. What do you expect? <laughs> we're not... We're not good at this. Gabby Logan, she's at flawless. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, growing up in that um, quite aggressive, toxic, masculine environment, I knew I was different right from the start. I'm, I'm not coming out, by the way, if anyone thinks, oh, my God, this is going to be James's big mm-hmm. moment. But I always found myself drawn towards artists who were either androgynous bisexual or did not conform to gender norms david bowie was a huge influence on me from about the age of 12 or 13 particularly during the kind of ziggy stardust phase and i was fascinated with the the whole i don't know if you know the story but he put his arm around um the guitarist on top of the pops when they were playing Starman, and there was outcry back in the 70s oh this is ridiculous you know a man putting his arm around another man this is going to cause my son to be homosexual massive yeah. complaints to the bbc but I, lo- I loved this fact that he didn't care and he, and he was different and then a little bit later on i got very much into the band suede again very androgynous in, in the, the way in which they approach stuff and that's how i felt and it's actually how i feel a lot of the time that i 
I don't feel particularly masculine. I don't feel particularly sexual a lot of the time. I I would class myself as heteroflexible. And if you look at the different terms and sexuality, it definitely is a spectrum. I find lots of men really attractive, physically attractive, um, and am able to not no 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 not I, you no not not you. No. No. <laughs> um, and uh, and I'm able mm. to en enjoy the male form as well as the female form. I don't think it's anything I would ever act on, but I don't see this binary difference between women are attractive and men are just men. And I, and I don't know whether that's, I don't know whether that's part of my ADHD. I don't know if it's a response to my youth of rejecting that whole using awful slang terms to describe your mates when they do something rubbish or they do something that isn't dead hard. You know the words that I'm thinking of. And therefore I just, I rejected that. So my my kind of interest in sex, as Mrs. ADHD knows, it comes and goes, libido comes and goes, we're so busy and therefore expressing my sexuality is difficult, which means a lot of the time I am asexual. A lot of the time I don't view anybody as a sexual object or as an attractive or unattractive person and just don't consider that that pe other people do. Really? And, and that like means, yeah. I don't, the amount of people, so the amount of kind of people in the past, male friends, even female friends, for example, that say, oh, God, you see her, she's fair. And I'll just go, why, who? And then look and go, oh, um, yeah. And I, I, it's, it's just it's not. It's an intentional I, issue as well, isn't it? In, in a certain, I can it, really it, see that. It, it, it is in part. I also it's think, part, yeah. you know, I, I talk about in my, in the little talks about my in 20s were, yeah, I mean, I've heard your twenties are quite good when it comes to sex, but I wouldn't know because I, I, I did a Morrissey basically, and became. I, I dressed it up as. It's a very good thing. I dressed it up as. I'm owning this. I'm celibate, but I, it was because I was too scared to ever ask anybody out because of RSD. I had massive RSD about it after a bad relationship that ended when I was twenty-one. So I just went, no, I'm not. I'm owning this. I'm not going to engage with sex i am going to tell people which i did that i'm celibate and therefore i don't know if that's influenced my sexual there are so many different earlier life yeah. influences that mean that my i have a i suppose an atypical sexuality that doesn't actually express itself in any particular form but the best way i'd describe it is is heteroflexible i guess if that helps or not it's it's i find it's when you look at the psychological research around asexuality it, it there are by you know there is there are people who are just asexual people yeah and there are people for whom it's a self-esteem issue or it's a cultural issue there are people yeah. for i can imagine the adhd thing and it's just it would be impossible and probably not super helpful to kind of try and be granular yeah. about causes right and, and, I, and I, to be fair that's one thing I, I almost never do but uh, you know when people talk yeah. about strengths and, and deficits and and stuff and when I coach people they'll often there's you know quite a few people who are like I'm just trying to work out what's me and what's my ADHD and I always tell them it doesn't matter it doesn't matter mm. you are who you are you've got these behaviors you've got these traits you know we'll work with that but this is it is one thing where because of that particular feeling different I was so different when I was young I yeah. wasn't like anybody around me I didn't want to be like them no, not. I didn't know what I didn't know why I was different and therefore I did look for things but it's interesting that that particular kind of androgynous um not you know the whole 
oasis thing you know lads and lads yeah. being lads and drinking beer and etc i just it just completely turned me off regardless of the music because of the masculinity in it whereas female artists or bands that that didn't have that overt masculinity and other art forms like that were, were what drew me in because it felt like that was me i don't know whether it's, it's difficult to explain but anyway no, I think you um, explained it really well. Um, I'm going to say I want to save Alex to last because I really, I really want him to panic. Sam, what about you? <laughs> there's so much, and, and obviously we know because we talk about this, but there's there's so much of that that's so similar to me as well. I, um, I've never felt like like I'm I'm female or or <clears throat> male really. I've never really. It's not been, and I suppose it's a privilege that gender's never really been an issue for me. I've never felt like I'm one gender or, or another. And mm. that's that I say that's a massive privilege because it not being an issue is a privilege, isn't it? If it's something that bothers you, if you feel that you were that the gender was not the gender you were assigned at birth is not right for you, then it's a massive fucking issue. So it's, it's such a privilege mm. to say it's nothing to me. But yeah, I've never particularly, I've, I would always have described myself as a tomboy, I guess. I was just always out with the lads, you know, playing on my BMX and stuff. And But I think a lot of that was because the things that boys did were more interesting, like the way that they played was more interesting yeah. to me. Um, I was more boisterous, I suppose, and more hyperactive. So I kind of presented a bit more like like normal heterosexual boys did. Um, but also they were less complicated to me. So at a certain point, girls became so much more complicated that I just couldn't understand what was going on. And there were all sorts of things that... I think, yeah, but I'm getting off track now. Mm. <laughs> As I normally do. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're 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 getting off track. <laughs> I don't understand. Does that happen? Yes, sorry. But yes, and, and and actually, you'll probably have picked up on this so many times when James referred to me as a man in the podcast, because I really don't care whether people think I'm a man or a woman or or, or, or anything in between or whatever. It really doesn't bother me. And the same a bit to what you were saying about kind of sexuality and being attracted to to people. I never, ever look at anybody and think, oh, my God, they're hot. What? I remember the hand is a signal for the next natural pause, <laughs> not an immediate, not an immediate stop. And and so just carry I on love when that. there's a pause. What? I know. <laughs> but there's a pause now. Okay, Sam. When I um, relatively early in our relationship, Sam would say, "I've never gone for looks." And I would obviously kind of take offense at that, but yeah. I think it was a joke that then morphed into, I've never gone for looks or personality. And again, for yeah. a long time, I thought it's a good joke, but I've come to realize that she's not, she's not actually joking. You had a car, essentially. That was what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a heartbeat that, well, not even that actually. Did you? It turns <laughs> out if, if you ask her, she says yes. Oh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not very good at saying no. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I no never, but looks aren't important to me, like genuinely. And, and that includes kind of gender and what junk you've got. It's not really <laughs> important to me. So I've always kind of said that I'm bisexual, but I think it's probably maybe more than that in that if I am attracted to somebody, I'm attracted to their personality. 
Luke's have and and genitalia or whatever have no bearing at all. It's just the person. But most all of my long term relationships have been with men. And with women, it's only ever been like sexual encounters or dating for a short amount of time. But a lot of that was because I really struggled with the communication, probably just with the particular women that I was with. Obviously, it can't be sweeping generalization that all women are the same. But I really struggled with, well, lots of things, but I don't need to go into all that. Going off on another thing. Anyway, I lost my virginity quite late. I was like 18, and I've been like this with lots of things. I watch and watch and watch, and it's not until I'm ready that I, you know, go in there. But once I got in there, yeah, I was very adventurous, not careful at all, did all sorts of things, and as I've said before, was unfaithful to almost every partner that I've had. I I have so many sensory issues around sex. I get distracted. There's just so many issues that go on. And for some reason, if I was on a one night stand with somebody that I didn't know, none of those problems happened. And I don't know if it's because the novelty just distracted me enough so that I was I was present. I don't, I don't know what it is, but or whether it was just because I didn't care what they thought, actually. And that maybe took the pressure off. I don't know. But yeah. I've definitely been sexually adventurous, although sometimes that was just because I misread the situation. And before I knew it, it was too late for me to go, oh, that's what you, oh, I just wanted to be friends. I, I didn't know yeah. that. This, okay, well, I can't say no now because I'm so I'm used to I want to fit yeah. into the situation. And so I daren't say, I've misread this. I'm different. So I would just go along with things. I don't, yeah, yeah I don't, it's, it's difficult. For, for me, because I know so much about Sam's sexual past, um, because we are I know very too open. much about it. It's 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 difficult. I don't want to speak for Sam, but Sam's and this may be her autistic traits or p potential autism. Sam's not you know misreading of social cues and social norms. For example, a man uh, taking you to a club, getting you into VIP, buying you lots of champagne. Um, paying for a hotel room, come, coming back to the hotel with you with the bottle of champagne. Now, most people would read that as he's after something. Sam, not at all. And years later, when I talk about it, saying, well, he was obviously, he thought he was on a promise. She was like, did he? Really? And I think with, we, we've talked a lot about Sam starting to accept that because she doesn't know or accept social norms, and sexuality is a you know a, a constructed. We were chatting before, weren't we, Al, about this kind of, if you like, this construct this constructed social norm of heteronormativity. Yeah. And Sam just Sam just kind of rejects that, don't you? Mm. Yeah, I, massively. I, I and actually, it's one about... of the things I really sorry, sorry, it's one of the things I really like about James is that he is not this kind of. He is a bit androgynous and has like a real feminine side and 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 just is so like me in so many ways and that's what I kind of love about it. Him, it. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's definitely the pronoun I give to James, and that's what you should do. You should give other people pronouns you want. Them to have. <laughs> that's how it works. You're in it. It, it, well, yeah. I know we've talked about this before, but I was invited twice by two different girls as a teenager to help them babysit, and I did. Mm. Then I went home. 
there was the way there were no kids like <laughs> babysit. Like we watched telly. I imagine they were upstairs or whatever, but like I didn't know that, that mm. they didn't need help babysitting at any point. They must have thought yeah. I was so, I'm, I, I'm sorry. With hindsight, I'm like, but why oh, don't people no. just say what they think? Why do they but say? No. Oh, oh no! Oh, hang on, hang on. Sorry. Sometimes they do. Now <laughs> you mentioned losing your. <laughs> you mentioned going. this isn't. This isn't. There's a couple of things actually. I, I'll talk about the tickets later, Sam. But <laughs> there's a couple of things that I think I, I didn't mention. Any. When Sam mentioned she lost her virginity late, that reminded me. And we'll get to Alex in a minute. I'm just savoring this, waiting for him to talk. I actually lost my sexuality relatively early at 14. It wasn't a good or memorable experience. I, I know you meant yeah. virginity. I love the idea that you lost your sexuality. Did I say sexuality? No, I did. Yeah. No, but I did, Al. I lost my virginity and my sexuality because I lost my virginity in a girl's dormitory in front of 12 girls. Um, <gasps> and it wasn't, you know, because it's my first uh, exhibition. Exactly. Because it was my first ex exploration expedition into sexual congress, obviously I wasn't studly good fuck at that point in my life, and therefore, like now. and the next the next morning when the, the poor lovely girl walked past and I went morning at the top of my <laughs> voice. <laughs> now, now that that early life experience definitely actually made me very afraid of sex. And you said people yeah. need to be more obvious, Sam. Apologies in advance for saying something very crude, which I never do. But I can remember probably about a year after this getting phoned up by a girl. This is when it was house phones, people, not mobile phones. Yeah. And Dial. my parents handed me the phone. And, and the girl basically asked if she could gob me off, which was the exact words that she used. Oh, and I was God. so petrified, I just put the phone down. It was a girl that I'd been told was interested in me. I, I was so scared. I just put the phone down oh. and then hid. And yeah. that, that's being about as overt as you Well, exactly. She was too clear, mate, for me. Yeah. Anyway, um, the only other thing is that Sam said she gets distracted during sex. And yesterday, um, yesterday whilst we were in sexual congress, she just what? said, I didn't buy those tickets. And this <laughs> No, I didn't. I said, "Oh my god, I never got a ticket for driving in that tram lane." You didn't. You didn't say the tram lane. You just said, "Oh my god, I never got a ticket." Oh, and wow. I said, "What well, for this ride? You don't need one, mate." <laughs> no. Anyway, we've been waiting patiently for this. So, oh Alan, yes, I was going to say some... actually, just quickly, oh. I was yeah. always, I'm always been like almost jealous or envious of people that could be polyamorous because mm. that to me would just be the best situation ever but i yeah. i'm just so insecure and too jealous to cope yeah. in that situation I but keep, that seems like yeah. the best situation to me i keep pushing at that door but it's closed yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> that's a, that's but i wonder one. if a lot of us because we don't un either understand social structures or like obey them and that's why we're not bothered about gender it is why yeah oh, it is why that oh so there's God. research especially in the asc community the autism community yeah because um, yeah, i would definitely say that's it doesn't matter to me i don't understand why it's a thing it might be more biological but if you're biologically gay for example you are less likely if you have autistic traits remember people with adhd are more likely to have more autistic traits not be autistic if you are gay 
you are less likely to be restricted by peer pressure if you have autistic traits because that it's social communication isn't it mm. and yeah so and actually that losing my virginity everybody was like oh you're frigid and i was like i yeah. don't give a fuck what any what, of you yeah, like i'm not doing it till i'm ready what the fuck and the same with drugs and alcohol and everything i was like literally unaffected by that shit anyway i'll you let you carry on you, sorry Al. you caught up well though didn't you i really <laughs> did yeah i really did <laughs> i mean this is yeah i if you're if you identify as something other than straight and you're listening to this and you think oh aren't you oh I'd love to be gay or whatever. It's such a privilege to be able to say if you're straight and heteronormative, yeah. I get that. Um, but the other side of the coin is that, I, so I am a basic unit, right? I, I identify yeah. as binary sexual identity, you know, straight man. But the ADHD side of me, I just like the pair of you, I've always been wildly different. And the idea of if I met a bloke and I wasn't married, if I met a bloke I wanted to bang, I'd bang them. I, I don't give a shit. I just don't care. And I know that's a privilege. It is to be able to say that. But I don't think that's a, a typical working class man experience or feeling to have. Mm. It doesn't care. I think it's difficult because if you, if you look at, um, obviously, the prison population is very extreme. But if you look at, I mean, many of our gay friends will say they have sex with straight men. And obviously, those straight yeah. men will often not tell people. So I actually think that working class... I think so many people hide their true sexuality, whether it's bisexual, pansexual, homosexual, because of that peer pressure and that toxic masculinity. Yeah. I reckon there are more people who would say that they would do that than we think. Yeah, I don't think they way. would say it. That's my point. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Got, yeah. I don't see the, yeah. the, the, the social idea. I'm fascinated by sexual identity as a, as a biologist, as a scientist. You know, it's not the, the norm to be straight, right? We, we were talking about this, James, weren't we? Sam, you know, originally everybody was homosexual, right? And by body, I mean protists, like uh, before animals, before we evolved yeah. into animals, everybody was 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 <laughs> gay because that, that we only had one cell that would connect with another cell or multicellular organism and have sex with it, hermaphrodite. And then to avoid uh, inbreeding, we developed sexual dimorphism and plants. Some plants have 60 different species like poppies and, and, and broccoli and shit like that. And, and so they can mate with 59 others. So there's loads of chances, which would be awesome. And so I'm, I find it fascinating. But from a personal perspective, it is impossible for me to separate my, my cultural restrictions saying I feel binary. I feel like I am a straight man. And, and that, that that is an easy and acceptable social norm to sit in. And how do you know? How do you know, you know what has influenced that? I think it's very, very difficult. Just like you, Sam, I don't feel male. I don't even know what that means. I've always had more female friends than men, always, not and yeah. not sexual. And I think I found men difficult for the same reason you found women difficult. I, do, I don't Weird. connect very well with the culture. Wow. See, I found um, boys just more straightforward. If I did something they didn't like, they told me. Whereas girls just told everybody else and not me. And then there was all this, there was all these rules, even even more unwritten rules than there already were with girls there seemed to be this whole thing that I was like what the fuck is going on here whereas boys I could just go out and play and they'd just give me a slap if I did something wrong it was just so easy you've just made me realize that I think it's because I don't like being told them off <laughs> you know I like men no, are told you I, just, I don't like it. 
I don't want to be told. Wow. And, and it, remember that ADHD as well is a developmental delay. So we are not fully baked. And so when we're feeling those things, I was playing with He-Men at 14, 15 years older. I'd rather do that. I remember having sex, I think 16 or something and thinking, I'm doing it. Am I? This is what you're supposed to do, isn't it? You know, that I'm, uh, that's... Uh, and, and it's really... It, it's... We feel... People with ADHD pretty universally, I think, feel different their whole lives. And I think that, that mm. sexuality is must feel similar to that if you're not binary straight and, and probably we identify with that more than more than most people do that would be my uh, personal yeah view. and i think we all feel different anyway yeah so it's, yeah all the I time don't know where i was going with that um <laughs> so we can't do the time game. For a, shut up yeah. shut up yes we can yes. very quickly do it, do, it, do, it, do it do it i've got i actually quickly this morning wrote there's the thing is there are so many things there are so many things so this is about my new system of medication alex because we're no longer sponsored by big timer cap largely because oh. they let the batteries run out and therefore and mm. I, I, I didn't check the time on it for two years so i just <laughs> have a timer cap and and take it, but I'm using one of those meds containers. I've got a nice yeah. one that's fortnightly, so two Monday slots, two Tuesdays. Like old people been, have. Yeah, and it's been working yeah. well. Sam's Sam's got one as well. Yeah, she reading glasses every on. day. With no magnifying little... glass. Magnifying glass. Oh, that's where I am with my eyesight. The future, is it? Sam has one of these containers, by the way, and she tops it up every day. So actually, when she's topped it up and forget, she doesn't know if she's taking her tablets that day. Oh, that's fantastic. It is. Anyway. Thanks. Um, the system has worked well, but it went wrong the other day. So in what way did it go wrong? Did I obviously just forget that I took them and then struggle to work out, hang on, have I taken them? Now, that sounds ridiculous because they've got days on them, but obviously that can happen. Did I get the day wrong, look at the container, and then was certain that I had taken them? Or have I left the box in Sheffield? Oh, uh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Oh, uh, I, I don't think I don't think you got the day wrong because you don't like the day in general. So you because of the light of the sunlight. So I think uh, you have to take them at night. I don't think you just forgot to take them because because why don't I think that? Because they do have the day on, and you, that would be ridiculous. I think you've left them in Sheffield. Well, you think wrong. Um, I, I actually filmed this radiation towers. I was just filming it. I, I, I got the day wrong. I thought it was Tuesday, and it was Monday. And I was saying, well, the Monday things are empty. So, but I generally don't remember taking them. Went, oh yeah, it's all it, oh, the other way around. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Monday or Tuesday. Oh, I should have guessed that. That's completely mixed yeah. up. Yeah, I've realised that um, the metrics intern didn't give us a fact about a city. I've just realised that fact, which, apologies, guys, we're going to sack him. Well, we yeah. sack him, we don't pay him. 7-5 um, no. for the season. Sacked him. He's independently wealthy, <laughs> like all good interns should be. It just wouldn't be a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, yeah, exactly. Tarquin um, does well considering he's not paid. Um, it's 7-5, Al, for the season, and I'm, I'm slowly... Getting back to almost uh, parity, we'll take a break and we'll be back for just Alex's tip. Ooh. No ding again. Welcome back to episode 154 of the ADHD Adults podcast. We're talking about the links between ADHD and sexuality differences. As always in our 
podcast, we, in, a, in part three, talk about top tips, just the tips. I don't know how we're going to give tips for sexuality, but we'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. James, what, what are your thoughts on ADHD and sexuality and tips for people who need support? So the, actually, the, 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 my tip, Ding, is for the people around people who either have ADHD and a non-heteronormative sexuality, or in general, actually. And it's largely men <clears throat> that I'm saying this to. And that's stop being so ridiculously fragile in your sexuality that you think it's acceptable to make it difficult for people that do not have a kind of heteronormative sexuality to talk to you about it it's not a a threat people who aren't straight aren't a threat to you or or your children or your masculinity or sexuality and therefore help people have a safe space to be themselves and i think Again, because anecdotally, and certainly in the in the the ASC ASD community, it is much more fluid in terms of sexuality. In our community, I, I think we are more accepting of each other in general of of all the things that we have in general. Not all of us, but most of us are accepting, and I think that's lovely. But outside of that group, as we know, society doesn't really accept us. And I actually think the progress that's been made with sexuality, which isn't isn't enough. But there has been progress if you consider that you know back in the 60s being homosexual was a crime and you would have been locked up. The, the progress we've made in accepting sexuality is somewhere I'd like to see us get with ADHD. But I don't know whether when the research is done, and that's the next kind of tip, whether or not that would impact things because of that latent um uh, homophobia and fear of anything that's not heteronormative in society from politicians from kind of policymakers etc whether that would impact acceptance of adhd if there was research that said yes we're more likely to be swingers to be bisexual to be pansexual etc whether that would muddy those waters and the, and the other tip it's not for people with adhd it's for people that fund research and people that do research do your fucking job Fund some research that's actually going to be intersectional. Don't just fund research in white adolescent males who are heterosexual and then publish papers saying this is what ADHD and sex is about. More risky sexual behavior. Don't use condoms as much. Sometimes masturbate a lot. They're adolescents. They all wank a lot for fuck's sake. (laughs) Do some actual research that's intersectional. That, that 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 even looks and says, well, let's do more than a survey. Let let's look and see people who are yes. neurodivergent. Do they have different sexual preferences, different kinks, different se- sexual identities? It's it's just not there. So the people that fund research, pull your fucking finger out and fund it. And the people that do research, up your game. Although they're they're so stressed, aren't they? There are there are groups, aren't there, online of people from different sexualities and different intersectionalities who have already got databases of people who are prepared yeah. to help and talk and so you know google that at least and, and try and get them as collaborators yes oh, as you're really talking alex tip. as you're talking what's your tip ding yeah i mean it's 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 about sexuality in general really isn't it it's it's that beware of rsd it's the people pleasing side of things that's a really really difficult thing to do what other people say you should do to to do things with people or for people because you don't want to say no, and and that just trying to find a safe space to accept who you are. 
Mm. Is it, I've often wondered if it's offensive to when we sometimes joke that ADHD is is like coming out because it, it's never been illegal. It's, it doesn't mm. have the, the, the same terrible stigma uh, problems that we still have in society with with sexuality, but it does feel similar when we compare these, um, when I talk to people about their coming out as, as gay or bisexual. And I think that it's that safety, isn't it? It's trying to find a safe space in a community where you can just breathe a little bit. That's It's the same for me. What about you, Samantha? Mm, yeah, it, I don't, it's not the same for me. I've never really, I never openly came out as being bi to my family or even my friends I kind of just lived different it was weird I would if I was out even if I was out with a gay friend in um you know when we go out to the gay clubs and I was giving my number to a girl I would do it in secret I just did everything in secret I wasn't open about anything at all and 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 the women I dated would say but you're gay and you need to come out to your family and tell them that you're gay and I'm like but no I'm not because I date men as well and and I just didn't feel accepted by kind of anybody but I wish actually going back that I had had the courage to just be more open and honest about myself I was just so used to hiding absolutely everything about myself because I felt so wrong and so different and I just wanted to blend into the background and not stand out and even though I was really trying my best to blend into the background and not stand out I still stood out and I didn't want to stand out anymore and I wish I'd had the courage to actually just be my true self all the way through my life and yes like you say I wish you know and I wish I'd had the courage that when I was in a long-term relationship that I wasn't happy in that I'd just left instead of fucking around I was just I didn't have courage all the way through my life and I wish I had so if you are able to do so have the courage to be yourself because I think life would have been so much more easier and more enjoyable if I had well, but I don't know. Actually, it might not have been. You've struck this. It's such an interesting note, isn't it? The balance between I am allowed privacy and to choose who I share it with. With masking is unhealthy for me. They're two sides of of the of, of the same coin. And and it, how do you how do you balance that? It's such a personal, yeah. difficult decision. Yeah, and and back then, you know, I didn't know why I was different. And and yeah. and for a while, actually, I did think, is it my sexuality that's making me different? Is yeah. this what it is that's making me stand out all this time? Or is it because I don't identify with a particular gender? Is that making me different? And then I thought, found it was ADHD. And I was like, maybe it's this. And then autism. And oh, maybe it's this. And fuck knows. It's everything, I think. Yeah. On, that that's explosive, on that explosive <laughs> finale. That was episode 154, I think, of the ADHD Adults podcast, where we talked about ADHD and sexuality and largely about how we need better research in that area. If you enjoyed this episode, um, then you can listen again next week. There are There's some extra content you can subscribe to if you want. There's merch on the website, um, www.theadhdadults.uk. You can also send us in letters, suggestions for topics, so get in touch if you want to. Bye-bye. Bye all. Trigger warning, Klaxon. Klaxon, Klaxon. Klaxon, Klaxon. Big Klaxon. Trigger warning, Klaxon. Klaxon, Klaxon.